Hello, it's me, Judge John Hodgman. Don't freak out. I know Jesse normally does the introductions, but I'm doing it today. I'm here to tell you, welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. This, you should know, is a live episode that we recorded in Toronto, Canada at the Danforth Music Hall on November 6th. We had a great time, and now you're about to as well. Here comes the podcast. Toronto, Ontario, Canada, you've come to us desperate for justice. And we're here at the Danforth Music Hall to deliver it. Let's bring out our first set of litigants. Please welcome Rebecca and Meg and Jared and Greg. Tonight's case, Larpe Diem. Rebecca and Meg file suit against Jared and Greg. They're all part of a friend group that enjoys playing the spaceship bridge simulator game, Artemis. Everyone has a great time. (laughs) Don't woo that. Everyone has a great time playing this game on designated Artemis nights. But recently, Jared and Greg have extended the role-playing outside the game. Rebecca and Meg believe the role-playing has become disruptive, overpowering non-game night social events, and would like the role-playing to be regulated. Jared and Greg enjoy role-playing and don't want to stop. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please metaphorically rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and delivers an obscure cultural reference. Oh, it's John Hodgman for the double. Come right up here. That was Judge John Hodgman for the double. All right. Contestants, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read out the clue. I, Judge John Hodgman, I'm going to fill it out in silence. You say nothing until I come to you, all right? So you're going to break up into teams. You're going to pick up the word that follows this word, and whoever uh, guesses the same thing as me automatically wins the case. How's that sound? Fun? Good? Okay, ready? You're going to break up into teams. Okay, so I'm going to say the the clue. Plaid blank. Plaid blank. Whichever team matches Judge John Hodgman's answer wins the case automatically. I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. Time's up! All right, swear them in, Bailiff Jesse Thorne. We'll get back to your answers in a moment. Rebecca, Meg, Jared, and Greg, please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes. 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 Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he is not an international recording star? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. 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 Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. All right. You may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of your favors. So we have more litigants than usual here. We have Rebecca and Meg on one side of the case and Jared and Greg on the other side. And uh, when, I, when I came into this courtroom, I asked you to play a little game with me. Could you match the next word that I would have guessed coming after plaid? Jared and Greg, what did you guess? Pajamas. Plaid pajamas. Hmm, interesting. And uh, Rebecca and Meg, what, what would you guess? Pants. Plaid pants. Oh, I'm so sorry. All guesses are wrong. The correct answer, the one that matches mine anyway, was plaid Canadian match game. Plaid Canadian match game, which is a game show that I was on here in Toronto in 2013. (laughs) Filmed five episodes of Canadian match game in one crazy day. 
had to change clothes five times, and by the last day of the show, they were handing us styrofoam cups full of vodka. <laughs> That's Canadian television for you. Uh, John, I, I thought you said this was supposed to be an obscure cultural reference. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't get it. But here we are anyway. We have to hear your case. So, who will speak for Team Rebecca and May? Uh, I can speak for, okay. for are Team Rebecca. I am or Rebecca. May? You're, okay. Meg, you may, you may chime in if you, if you need to, of course. And, and who will speak for Jared and Greg? I, Jared, will speak for the two of us. All right. And who comes to seek justice before this court? So, Meg and I submitted this case. All right. Rebecca, what is the issue here? So, uh, as Jesse mentioned, we play this game called Artemis, which is a spaceship bridge simulator. Yes, it received one woo in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) One appropriately lonely woo. (laughs) Right. Because space is lonely. For the vast majority of the audience here, what, what is Artemis exactly? What is a space bridge simulator game? So, essentially, it lets you pretend you are on Star Trek or any other show of that ilk. So, there's a captain role and a helm and engineering and comms and weapons. Yeah. There's only one show of that ilk, Star Trek. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, So this is a way to steal Star Trek IP. What? Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) I know, but the, the point is you all stand around and pretend to be on a, on a Star Trek bridge. Oh, yeah. John. But you're not, John. Some episodes of Deep Space, Deep Space Nine, when they're in a spaceship instead of on the space station. <laughs> like if they went into a spaceship from the space station, That's Deep right. Space Nine. Excuse me, you're absolutely right. Yeah. There are starship bridges on Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, sometimes on Deep Space Nine. Voyager. <laughs> Let the record show for the listener at home that someone in the audience yelled out Voyager before Jesse Thorne could do it, and I'm so <laughs> grateful to you. Mm. I, John? Yes? The movie Master and Commander, but with a boat. That's a boat <laughs> instead of a spaceship. But they have many of the similar roles. Sure, I understand. As Russell Crowe. Right. Let's now end this. (laughs) So, Artemis is the name of the ship? Yes, you could name it something else. The whole game is called Artemis. I think that's the idea. And this is basically just a way for this company to steal Star Trek IP and make money off of nerds. Yeah. I see, cool. (laughs) And so the four of you play together, but that's not a, a full crew, is it? No, so I think a full crew is six people, but okay. sometimes we can get multiple ships going in one house. Oh. <laughs> but it's all simulated, it's all on networked computers? Yeah, I so we'll, we'll set up a little LAN party situation. Okay, I got you. And, what, and, and Rebecca, what is your typical position? On Typically, the I like to play comms. Comms, mm-hmm. right? Like you have a little thing yeah, in your ear I and you're have like, a mic. they're hailing and okay. Yeah. And why do you like that position so much? I get to talk trash to the other ships, and also it is less complicated than the other roles. (laughs) When you're talking trash to the other ships, are you talking trash to simulated ships in the, or other people that are playing all around the world? Uh, Our our other friends who are playing with us in the same building. In the same building. You all live in a weird building together? (laughs) Oh, I I wish. This feels like a, a science fiction movie now. Uh, we don't, but that would be great. Okay. 
You just live in a home that has multiple rooms dedicated to pretending to be spaceships? More or less, yeah. Do we, I know that you sent in some evidence, but just to give everyone in the, in the room a visual, can we see a picture of the gang at play? That's us. All right, there we go. So everyone is saluting as though you are part of some weird space military. You're organized around a big TV screen, which is showing you fake space. And you each have your own laptops, which are your, presumably your bridge stations that are showing you readouts. So, Rebecca, mm-hmm. you are comms. Meg, what position do you usually take? Uh, weapons. Weapons, okay, awesome. How come you like that one? Simpler role, but also I get to nuke people, which is fun. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jared? Jared. Yeah, which yeah. position do you play? I usually play science. You play science officer? Okay, that's fascinating. And <laughs> it's a little on the nose, Jared. <laughs> Greg, Greg, that's you in the foreground here. What, what, what role do you usually play? In this case, I was captain of the ship. Captain. Is that typically your role? I enjoy it, yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> I can tell you enjoy it because it seems to me like you're wearing a costume in this photograph. Is that correct? I did construct a costume that night, yes. Is there more evidence to this? There we are. (laughs) Um, For the at-home listener, what we're looking at here is a photograph of a wall-mounted microwave (laughs) with a man with a man's peacocking blocking our view. (laughs) Captain Greg is wearing a uniform, I believe, of his own making. Did you, did you uh, sew it yourself? Uh, my spouse taped on the construction paper. Is it Your spouse taped on the construction paper. And there's a little insignia that is a ripoff of the Star Trek insignia. <laughs> yep. uh, what, uh, what federation of planets are you captaining in? Uh, you know, we never quite figured that out. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to know how deep this cosplay and this fantasy goes. Have you thought about, like, having a committee meeting? That's what, if I was going to start a federation of planets, I'd figure out which planets first, and then go from there. Because you could then answer the question, am I in your federation of planets? Yeah. From people from different planets. That's a good point. So this costume is to some degree heart of the dispute. Would that be correct, Rebecca? So we like role-playing in, in the spirit of the game or in the moment of the game. We'll, uh, something that's not technically part of the game that we'll do is assign ranks. So we'll be lieutenant or sergeant. And Oh, that's not part of the regular game? No, we added that in. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> this is a big part of the Star Trek world. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so we wanted to... to you wanted to get closer to that IP that you were ripping off. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have different... Do you make up characters? Well, I, I think we like to do call signs, so... Oh, okay, sure. I might, <laughs> Thank you. I think at one point I was Nacho, and I, I don't remember what and their names were. I think I... Well, I started that night as a lieutenant, and I kind of rose in the ranks as the night went on. As the night went on? Wait, you got you field promotions? <laughs> it's kind of part of this. <laughs> What was the highest you, you ended up ranking? Well, apparently I was, at the very end of the night, promoted to captain. Oh, apparent Captain Nacho. Apparently. That is going to be easier for me to remember than Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. Okay, apparent Captain Nacho, I got you. 
So apparently, Captain Nacho, what is the dispute, though? I don't understand. You all seem to be friends. You're all having fun. And yet, here you are in front of me in space court. (laughs) (laughs) So the problem is when the game ends, uh, some people... Greg and, and Jared and some of some of our other friends as well will continue to role play in their ranks and characters after the game has ended. And even on Let me guess, are they also guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, what's your call sign? Uh, Rank and call sign, <laughs> soldier. It was during a game when I was playing comms instead of my usual science, and my call sign was Synapse. Synapse? What was your alien species? <laughs> I was human. Do you ever play a not? Do people play non-humans? Not yet, but we should get into a that. A Romulan, a Klingorp. <laughs> yeah. A Vulcan. Because <laughs> you're stealing everything else. You might as well steal. I'm not, look, I'm not accusing anybody of stealing anything except for Artemis, which is stealing a whole idea. Yeah. But it's a fun game, and everyone's having fun, no harm done. Good. So, except for the harm that is being done by the guys you're playing with, who are still going by their ranks in real life. Yes. So they will, uh, on one particular night, they continue to debate about something that had happened in the game in their characters for a long time after the, the game had ended, and the rest of us were hanging out and having a nice time. Were Synapse and Captain Greg arguing about this issue personally? All right. Synapse, what was the argument about? There have been a couple. (laughs) Pick three. (laughs) (laughs) Or one. So at one point we were on vacation and during one of our previous games I had been demoted and temporarily uh, relieved of duties relieved of duty and put into the brig <laughs> what did you do wrong Mr. Synapse I, I was insubordinate <laughs> and who demoted you Captain Greg Captain Greg <laughs> this is becoming <laughs> <laughs> Captain Greg can you tell me the circumstances of Mr. Synapse's demotion Don't wait for the translation. I can see why you're a leader. (laughs) (laughs) Truly Patton-esque. Silent, strong, unanswering, unsure, (laughs) shy. Uh, What were the circumstances of Mr. Synapse's demotion, sir? The original incident started with my science officer, Jared, plotting a jump out of a nebula and Excuse me. <laughs> Please hold your standing ovation for the end of the sentence. <laughs> I need to hear this. When we made the jump, we found ourselves in the wrong area, uh, and there was some commotion among my crew over who made the mistake, science or helm, because they need to work together to plot a course. Uh, and Go I, on. <laughs> At that point, I, you know, I couldn't have that uh, disagreement, and I just said, like, we should drop it. Uh, but so I, science and Helm were bickering yes. over who messed up and Correct. brought you into the neutral zone or whatever. So you had to resolve this. You had to, for morale of the crew, you had to cut this out. 
Yes. And uh, so how did you do it? So I'm sure you gave them an extremely stern talking to. Uh, well, I didn't have time to at the moment. It was, we were in the <clears throat> middle of combat. So I had to... <laughs> I had to relieve Jared of duty, Synapse. Uh, he <laughs> resisted this, so I also had to demote him uh, and at that point uh, promote Rebecca to re replace him as my first officer. That is how Nacho became number one? Yes, correct. Wow. For this the at-home listener, Rebecca is nodding proudly. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, obviously you don't disagree with your captain's assessment of the situation and how he handled it. No, that, that all was fine for me. Um, <laughs> it was more so what, all ha what has happened since, since then. So what has happened since then? So they have had a tendency of continuing to have power struggles about their rank and role outside of the game. Um, they have no rank or role outside of the game. That's right. <laughs> what form does their conflict take outside of the game? So one particular incident was when we were all on vacation together. I believe Greg and my husband Dave were trying to force Jared to pay fealty, Jared was, <laughs> to, I think it was a large thermos, um, <laughs> that they wanted him to you were on vacation together. Yes. Where were you? Lost in paradise? <laughs> Where were you on vacation? Uh, the Dominican Republic. The Dominican Republic. And you could not leave Artemis behind. Some people couldn't. Yeah. Okay. So who was being told to pay fealty to a thermos? <laughs> so Jared was being told um, and was extremely distressed about this. Being told know. by whom? Greg and... <laughs> oh, Captain Greg says, no, not me. Our, our Admiral David... Um. Oh! Your Honor, he was simply following orders. <laughs> Where is Admiral David now? Oh, he's out there. <laughs> Captain Greg, is it true that you and Admiral David were forcing or demanding that Mr. Synapse pay tribute to a thermos when you're supposed to be having a good time on vacation with other humans? I encouraged him to follow the chain of command, yeah. <laughs> and what was the purpose of the fealty paying to the thermos exercise? I, I didn't ask, I just... <laughs> you know, Captain Gray, <laughs> at first I thought, you were just a shy, <laughs> nervous young man. But now I'm beginning to believe you may be the most dangerous person on earth. <laughs> Mr. Synapse, can you explain why you were being asked to pay fealty to a thermos and how, what form that takes? What is the ritual of thermos fealty? Admiral David had been going throughout all of our friends, having them pay fealty to this thermos, um, which means kiss it. Go on. Thermos means like drink container, right? Yes. Yes, is there, is there an Artemis slash Canadian other meaning of thermos? It was just a large, impressive thermos. But again, thermos means drink container in Canada, right? Doesn't mean anything weird, right? 
Did you say impressive or oppressive thermos? <laughs> Admiral Dave was asking everyone in the group to kiss the thermos to prove what? Un- un- Their loyalty? Maybe part of his ego? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, the point is... Admiral that- Dave's out there going, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that uh, I noted that it is a corruption of the chain of command that they kept telling me I had to pay fealty to the, f- to the thermos. Follow, That's not the problem here! Follow the chain of command. And I said, first of all, it's a corrupt chain of command. Second of all, we're on leave right now. The time frame, you're pointing at a photo, a haunting photo of a man in a Christ figure position surrounded by a darkened field on a plane of fire. What is going on? Um... So we were in the Dominican Republic. Sure. Uh, this just having a good old thermos party like Canadians do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were trying to make me pay fealty while we were on the beach at night. By they, you mean your captain and your admiral, Dave and... Of course. Right. So I ran out into the ocean <laughs> to get away from the corruption. Yeah, you wanted to get into international waters. <laughs> <laughs> So you're in the ocean now screaming, we're supposed to be on, on leave. leave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other evidence? At that point, your only fealty was to Poseidon, the god of the sea. Uh, Meg, I haven't heard from you. I'm hoping that you can help make some sense out of all of this. I can say that I am Jared's wife, and he is not a strong swimmer. <laughs> And the video that we did take has me in the background saying, yeah, I'm pretty worried for his life. So what's your call sign, Meg? A hot dog. Hot dog. (laughs) Hot dog nacho. This is for either of you. (laughs) When this weird psychological mutual self-torture is going on and you're supposed to be on vacation... How does that make you feel? Extremely, extremely stressed. Extremely stressed. Nacho? I think it's mostly annoying. <laughs> As mm-hmm. It seems a little like performative and indulgent. Oh, does it? Yeah. Does it seem- <laughs> it says here you're all in the age range of 29 to 32. You all live in Waterloo. You all, you all have jobs. I presume none of you have children. That's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. That's, <laughs> How did you know? Oh, because you're children. Because <laughs> you are children, and I envy you. You would have me order what? Nacho and hot dog. If I were to rule in your favor? I think it would be that they keep the role-playing to the, the nights that we actually play and mm-hmm. also just take it easy a little bit with the authority struggles. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we would be prepared to offer role-playing outside of the game if it didn't involve so much weird power misuse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I might say <laughs> that you don't want to make that offer. <laughs> I love my husband. Because 
whether or not they're calling themselves captain and admirals, there is going to be power struggles and authority abuse, no matter what. Uh, struggle is a generous term. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Mr. Synapse, Captain Greg, if I were to rule in Hot Dog and Nacho's favor, why would that be unfair? Why do you feel the need to continue this play as far away as your vacation and the ocean itself? The thing is, it doesn't have to be about the um, Starship RP. We just deeply enjoy RP in general. Uh, RP meaning role play. Role play. Right. So just trying to get into a character that's not your true self, like if you want to RP as a judge or a bailiff or something like that. <laughs> As, so, as someone who has just purchased specific Canadian judicial robes, <laughs> I will allow that so the dishonor to the court. The point I'm making is that it's very fun. It's obviously something that pe some people enjoy. Could you guys just go to your own weird island alone and do it rather than stressing Hot Dog and Nacho out? We don't actively pull them into it. Yes, but you're affecting them nonetheless. Do you disagree? Mr. Synapse. <laughs> I do not disagree. This, this is your human wife. Synapse. Your wife was afraid you would die. <laughs> she shouldn't have been. I had it under control. <laughs> we know the god of the sea was on your side. <laughs> He'd send his turtles to save you. So, if I may use a reference to the McElroys... No. Okay. <laughs> I believe I've heard everything I need to in order to make my Great. decision. I'm going into my ready room. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, you can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously, 
See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. I don't necessarily have follow-up questions for any of you. Oh, wait, about that bailiff judge thing that you said. <laughs> I have one follow-up question. Are you being paid to be here tonight? <laughs> Here's my real question. You guys have really great made-up names. Can I have a fun made-up name? <laughs> we, we had one night where we all chose names based on different types of noodles. Oh. So if you have a favorite pasta. I could be like rigatoni or something. <laughs> Bailiff rigatoni? Yeah. What's a bow tie noodle called? Tartale. Farfale. You guys just trying to get me to say fart. <laughs> <laughs> Farfalle, that could be my special name. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. Mr. Synapse, what did you want to say with regard to our friends, the McElroy brothers? They have a saying about not yucking other people's yums. Mm -hmm. And it is our feeling that <laughs> the plaintiffs are trying to yuck our yum. Because this is something that we deeply enjoy, and there are ways to enjoy it without necessarily impacting them as negatively as it does currently without actually <laughs> making us RP less or trying to take that enjoyment away from it. Do you believe that they're doing, they're yucking your yum maliciously? Uh, not maliciously, You doubt no. their sincerity when they say it bothers them? Yes, absolutely. Let the record show that I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm supposed to be delivering my verdict, but since you have made quite an accusation, Nacho, hot dog, how do you respond to this charge? That you don't think it bothers us when... No, I, I, I thought I said it does bother you. Oh, I thought you said you doubted their sincerity. 
No. Oh, I misspoke. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Human English isn't your first language. I apologize. <laughs> he meant to say his, he's glad his wife is unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Synapse, if you do not, in fact, doubt their sincerity, that they are stressed on the part of hot dog, dismayed on the part of nacho, then you must acknowledge that your behavior has effect upon others. Look, I'm wearing custom-made judicial robes. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been to some murder mystery dinners. I've spoken in some fake English accents. I've done a little bit of it. I know what it feels like to be out there with your friends pretending to be other people, especially when you're age-appropriate, 12, 13 years old. (laughs) But it is your yum. I do not deny it. I do not deny you're having fun. But I hope to present to you and your admiral a point of view outside of your own realm of imagination. When you are having fights over chain of command and whether or not you are on leave, I'm kind of into that, because I like a process fight. (laughs) I feel it's like, yeah, right, exactly. You can't really go around that. I think, uh, frankly, Captain Greg, I thought you were right to demote Mr. Synapse (laughs) and relieve him from duty. He was out of control. he's He's got a lot of work to do. What troubles me is the thermos. That is intrinsically weird (laughs) and contextually very troubling (laughs) to go to an island and then have a person of arbitrary authority demanding the kissing of any object based on orders alone and that you, Captain Greg, would try to force Mr. Synapse to kiss the thermos without even knowing why, without even questioning why. It is, look, I'm a rule follower by nature. I'm an only child. Of course I am. But you can't follow every rule without, any, without questioning. That's how horrible human tragedy happens. Did you kiss the thermos, Mr. Synapse? Never once. I'm so glad you did not. <laughs> and I'm glad that I know, and I'm glad that you now know that that, sir, that is your yum. That (laughs) is your yum. Not the costume, not the computer game, the the weird sick games that you and the captain and the admiral are playing. (laughs) I will not interfere with those games. Obviously, you're exploring something. And yet I must also honor the wishes of your crew members and your colleagues and your human spouses and friends. It's a real Kobayashi Maru. (laughs) Don't, don't. Don't. It's not even a really good uh, um, uh, allegory. Because it's not a Kobayashi Maru. I know what's going to happen here. When you are playing the game, you can play the game. When you have stopped playing the game and Hot Dog and Nacho have reverted to their human forms, Meg and Rebecca, then 
You've got to stop it too. You can go and play your own game somewhere else. And indeed, I order you and the captain and the admiral and whatever other freaky officers that you hang out with to go on a special weekend vacation of your own. And I want there to be a thermos there. And I want there to be some object to some game that is going to get worked out. I want you to be stranded on an alien prison planet together. I don't know. I don't know who's going to write this narrative, Jesse Thorne. You know what? Maybe ask Griffin McElroy to do it for you. Yeah, that's right. Griffin McElroy is going to write an adventure for the three of you yeah. to go off on your own in the woods of Canada to play. And then if any of you come back, you'll have it out of your system. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules, that's all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Rebecca, Meg, Jared, Greg, thanks for being on the Judge John Hodgman Thank podcast. Thank you so much. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, folks, it's now the segment of the show that we call Swift Justice. And this is where we're going to hear three cases in quick succession. And I think we're going to need to put a timer on this one, Jesse Thorne. I think the timer's going to be 10 minutes. Three, 10 minutes? Holy Three minutes and 33 seconds per case. That's how it works. There's 100 seconds in a minute. 10 minutes and 10 minutes. Three minutes and 33 seconds per case. That's correct. You understand. It's in Canada. It's metric. All right. Bring us the first case, please. James and Annie. James files suit against his girlfriend, Annie. Annie has two cats and keeps the litter box in her bedroom. When James visits her in Toronto, he doesn't like to smell the cat box when he's trying to sleep. He wants her to move it into the living room. Annie thinks if she moves it into the living room, it will smell up the entire apartment. All right, James and Annie, who brings this case before me seeking justice? That's me. That would be James wearing an extremely handsome yellow flannel shirt. <laughs> what is the brand of that shirt? Norse Projects. Norse Projects. It almost looks like Loblaw's no-name yellow. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> I find a very, I, I don't mind buzz marketing that because I want to get one of those for myself. In fact, I find in your favor. This is, what? No, I'm sorry. What, what, what is the nature of your dispute? You got, uh, you got kitty litter in Annie's bedroom. Is that correct? Yes. All right. And Annie, why do you keep the kitty litter in the bedroom? Do you only have that one room? Uh, so the apartment's pretty small, and the living room is very linked to the kitchen. So if it's in the living room, then the kitchen smells like poop, and then it's like you're eating poop, and sure, I don't want to eat poop. No one wants to eat poop, Annie, <laughs> except maybe for Captain Greg and Mr. Synapse and <laughs> Admiral Dave as part of some right. alien ritual. I don't know. Or just if their commanding officer told them to. That's right. <laughs> Uh, have you tried cleaning the litter box? Yes, I clean it three times a day. Three times a day? They poop a lot. How many cats? Just two. 200 cats. <laughs> two cats, and what are their names? Leo and Lucy. Leo and Lucy, I bet you they're cute, right? I mean, they're, they're very cute. They're they, cats. Yes. They're what kind of cats are they? Just kind of, what Just are their colors? Normal, one of them's orange, the other one's a gray, like, kind of calico. She's very small. Uh, orange, you say? A yes. little bit kind of like James's shirt. Yes. James has a little bit of fur on his face. He's got a little bit of a cat-like demeanor to him. <laughs> For sure. Is, it, is this cosplay? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh. oh. <laughs> Do you share this apartment, or is it your apartment, Anne? It's my apartment. I James see. lives uh, in a different city, so Where do he you comes live? to visit. Uh, London. London, Ontario? Yeah. Fantastic. How, how far away is that? About two and a half hours. Uh, do you hate these cats, James? These cats are adorable. I love them. I just hate their poop. Sure. What? Do you have an open litter box? Uh, it's covered. There's like a cover on it. Have you taken the cats to a veterinarian? <laughs> yes, to many find times. find out why they, their poop smells so bad. Yes, I have actually. Because you're changing the litter three <laughs> times a day. That is quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, are you using litter? Maybe that's the problem. I do use litter. <laughs> no, I just use rags. Why? <laughs> litter? No, I just use the poop of smaller animals. <laughs> <laughs> what did the veterinarian say? Uh, the veterinarian said, feed them the special food. Yeah, and... that's what they always say. And guess what? <laughs> I'm going to sell it to you, says the veterinarian. Yeah. So the choice is, in Annie's life, either the bedroom stinks or the whole house stinks. Yeah. Is there, is there not a closet? Do you own or rent? Uh, I rent. You rent. Is yeah. there not some solution? Uh, you should not, one should not <laughs> live in, if possible, as an adult, mm. one should not sleep in the same room as a refrigerator or a <laughs> box, <laughs> in R my opinion. Right, so. So this is bad. I mean, it's the room with the best ventilation. We put it in the bathroom before, and it was disgusting. I couldn't go in there at all because there's no vents. Have you tried feeding the special food to the cats? Yes, I did do that. How, um, any difference? I mean, their poops were less watery, and they didn't leave them around the house, but oh. they still... I'll remind you, this is a family, <laughs> family podcast. How old are the cats? Uh, a year and two months. Oh, my goodness. This is a big issue for the rest of your... Well, for your whole relationship for many years. Mm. Yeah. You can't... This is not normal. Have you had cats before? Yes. Who here thinks this is normal? <laughs> Your scorn is not required. Total silence told the tale I needed telling. 
John, I know from a friend of the podcast, Mary Roach's book, Gulp, Adventures in the Alimentary Canal, yeah. that the entire purpose of the pet food industry is to create food that you can, A, trick pets into eating. Yes. Uh, B, we'll give them the nutrition they need. Right. And C, we'll produce relatively odorous and odorless and consistent inconsistency leavings. Like, yes. that is the one thing that is non compromisable in right. the pet food recipe making. Major industries are devoted to those three principles. Od odorless poop, consistent poop, cats eating it. These cats are only into one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> they've, tri they've figured out how to break the system with the rest. <laughs> James, how does it make you feel when Annie won't move the cat box? Well, it feels bad to be playing second fiddle to a box of kitty litter. <laughs> how often do you visit? Uh, about once every two weeks. And how long do you stay? About three or four days. All right. When you're there, the cat box has to be out of the bedroom. When you're not there, the cat box can be right there next to you in bed if that's what you want, Annie. <laughs> but I do encourage you to continue to work with your veterinarian to find out what's going on with, with Lucy and Leo because you're, you're doing everything right and they're pooping everything wrong. Mm. This is the sound of a cat. James and Annie. Please welcome Leah and Johnny. Leah's roommate, Johnny, insists on displaying a graduation photo of his friend Gavin in the entryway of their house. In the photo, Gavin is sitting next to several cans of Four Loco, a board game called Lupin' Louie, and some sort of trophy. Leah thinks the decorations in the house are classic, and this photo is ruining the vibe. Johnny wants to keep the photo on display. All right. <laughs> Leah and Johnny, welcome. Uh, Leah, you seek justice before this court. You want this picture of Gavin taken out of the entryway, is that correct? That's correct. And it's funny because without showing the photo, we, we do have a, a photo of the photo. And, and, and when Jesse said Gavin, I presume that the photo went on screen because the entire audience went, oh, because it's a cuckoo photo, for sure. But it, the photo wasn't being displayed. I can only presume that the entire audience already knows Gavin <laughs> and already knows this famous photo. Yeah, is Gavin like Ernest from the Ernest movies in Canada or like... Any, in any case, let's take a look now at the photo in question. So there's Gavin, also wearing Canadian judicial robes, it would seem. Johnny? What is, what, is Ga this is, what is Gavin wearing? Uh, he's wearing judicial robes. Why does he get... He has, like, red epaulets, and I don't have red epaulets, and I paid a lot of money for my robes. Uh, he's an admiral, John. I know. <laughs> I assume that's based on the university. Did you and Gavin go to law university together? We did. Okay, and, and who is he to you in your life? He's a good friend of mine. He's a mess of a human. Makes me laugh. In the photo, he has four cans of Four loco. Yeah. A uh, game, Lupin Louie, what's that? Uh, that's a drinking game we played in law school. Drinking game, all right. And you have it, oh, here's a close-up a close version of it. Yeah. <laughs> and Gavin is looking very seriously at the camera. Very handsome person. Is he here tonight? No, he's oh, a yeah, good friend. In the Yukon. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the Yukon. Yeah, that's how we got to Fort Loco. It's illegal in Canada. Oh, okay. So he's in, he's in Yukon now, and, and you, ha you had him displayed with some candles as though it were a shrine. You guys share a home, right, Leah? Yeah. Right. Do you co-own the home? No, we both rent, and we have another roommate, another lawyer. 
another lawyer is there. And what does the other roommate feel about this? Um, she also went to law school with Gavin, yeah. so she's all for it. Oh, so you're overruled by the, by the roommates in this. By numbers, but not by yeah, taste. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what? Did you go to law school? You didn't go to law school with these no. people. No. What do you do in your life? I'm a writer. You're a writer. I was moving uh, back to Toronto, and there happened to be an opening at the perfect moment, and I knew um, the other roommate, Caitlin, and so I moved in. She's an old friend. So these attorneys took you in at a time of need, put a roof over your head in Toronto, Canada, and the first thing you say is, get Gavin out of here. No memories of Gavin. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that Gavin needs to leave the house, but maybe Gavin could be relegated to one of their rooms and not be the first thing that you see when you enter the house. Why? What would you put there? Um, I mean, there's like a nice framed New Yorker cover there already. We could just move it to the center. Uh, oh, you already have the New Yorker cover there. Yeah. I see. Okay. Well, uh, no. Uh, they have outvoted you in the house. And I will not, sadly, allow the picture of Gavin to be replaced by a cliched, <laughs> framed New Yorker cover. That, I mean, that feels bad. That, <laughs> you might, you, that you might as well be replacing it with nothing at all. <laughs> I mean, even if I were to side with you on the idea that somehow your taste out, outranked their majority, the suggestion of a framed New Yorker cover, unfortunately, undid your case completely. <laughs> I, and I'm talking as a person who had a bunch of framed New Yorker covers on my wall when I was 14 years old. I'm, I feel you. It's very elegant. But this is, this is cooler than that. And plus, you have no standing. I apologize, and I, and, I, and I look forward to the day, as I'm sure you do, when you get out of this weird house. <laughs> Leah and Johnny. Please welcome to the stage Jorel and David. Jorel brings this case against his father, David. Jarrell started posting videos on David's YouTube account when he was 12 years old, before he was old enough to sign up for his own account. They both still have access to the account, which includes the monitor Depop. Jarrell claims his online presence is now tied to the account name, and he wants full ownership of the YouTube account. David does not want to give up the account. <laughs> Young man, yes. Your name is pronounced Jorel or Jorel? Jorel. Jorel, as yes. in the father of Superman. That is correct. I see. And David, you're literally Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> let, let the record show that David is completely bald. <laughs> Why are you not suing your father for giving you that name? Uh, because it's an amazing name. Yes. My mom could sue him right. for giving me that name, but she's, she, she was okay with it somehow. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty awesome name, but it is, yeah. not, it is not hyphenated. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. It's a sort of a private joke. Yeah. Right. And why David Jorel and not Kal-El? <laughs> That'll be my son. Well, yeah. For the record. Ah! 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 This is a, a long game... <laughs> Selective breeding That's experiments right. <laughs> so he that you, David, me. can have a grandson named Kal-El? <laughs> I, I can't wait. Kal-El will marry a woman named Lois. 
You've got it all planned yes. out, don't yeah. you? Do you have any dinosaur skeletons or <laughs> marriages to Elvis's children or other Nicolas Cage things in your life? <laughs> I wish that I had his copy of Action Number One. <laughs> but you are a, you are a Superman fan. I, I did collect comics as a child, and I still have some. Good. And a documentarian. That is your that, that is your profession. That is correct. And your vocation. And you started this YouTube account to post what? Well, to post uh, uh-huh. my things. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. I, I, and I should. Uh-huh. Uh, I like saucy Jorel. <laughs> I, I should. I should point out that uh, uh, the bailiff mentioned that it started when he was twelve years old. This actually started when he was about seven years old, and so he was far David, too young. <laughs> I asked you a question. Yes. What were you putting on the YouTube account? Uh, at that time, not too much. But if something David. comes, if something comes up in, if <laughs> something comes up in my uh, business as a as a director as a producer, and so I, to be clear, I when you say on. at that time, not that much. When you say at that time, you mean in the past twelve years? <laughs> <laughs> when he was seven, I okay. wasn't putting up uh, very much. But currently, so I let, do me, let me understand. It's twelve years ago. You have a son, seven-year-old son named Jorel. That is correct. You you make documentaries. Yes. You work in film. Yes. You say, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, but I've got nothing to put on it. All I do is make movies. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) My movies are generally on television. (laughs) No, I understand. (laughs) I want to take you back to the distant past. Yes. About 35 years ago, I said, what did you put on the YouTube channel? (laughs) And you said, not that much. <laughs> and I said, but what specifically? And you said, some things. Uh, Is there a reason yeah. you don't want to tell me? No, this YouTube channel started about 13 years ago, and at that time I was not putting things on. I feel on. like I'm talking to a <laughs> congressional Republican <laughs> <laughs> about whether it's okay <laughs> to force a foreign leader to investigate a political rival. The answer to the question is that I, I put on um, some of my work that I've uh, okay. produced and directed. That's, that's perfectly reasonable yes. for an adult professional to do. But then all of a sudden, seven-year-old Jorel comes along. <laughs> what does he start posting on your, on your channel? Uh, when he was seven years old, he was doing uh, things about like his Pokemon cards and his Yu-Gi-Oh! Not, or... All of this is wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jorel, it is, the, it is the job of the child to rewrite the history of the yes. parent. Go on. So uh, I posted, as uh, many kids do, uh, horrible sketches mm-hmm. that were terrible because I was like seven. Yeah. And uh, my father did not post anything. You're, there, say, you're, saying, you're saying it was abandoned property. It was abandoned property. It was mine to use. I had all the information. I was using it. He touched it very, very little. And so you developed this brand. Yeah, and not only the brand, but the uh, large corporation account. I don't know if I can say their name, but the account uh, Google. Yeah. So the Google account that you it's associated you, you with. You created Google? <laughs> <laughs> so the Google account that's associated with yeah. uh, has like a drive option and lets you store files and stuff. Sure. And I use that all the time, and I've been using it for like five years, and all of my schoolwork is on there, all of like uh, other sort of work is on there, and my father has about zero things on there. So it is my account. 
In, you're saying in practice it is your account. It is in your account yes. in, in, in all but registered name. In all but uh, the fact that he technically created it and clicked the button, it is my account and I'm the sole user. So why not, David, just say to Jorel, this is yours now, and start a new because you've not developed this brand. I, I have looked into YouTube, and it is possible to keep the same YouTube channel and change the name. My request is that the name is changed because, you see, I am D-Pop. So you're trying to protect channel, your own brand. The name of the channel. And I, I brought some photographic evidence. All right, here. let's take a look. This is it's hard to see. It's blurry. This is me at 16 years old, and that's a, a drawing that I did. And in the bottom right corner, you'll see that I've signed a D-pop. I've been using the name D-pop in my art and in my music ever since I've been that age or even younger. So it's a name that I professionally use. So for those of you uh, who can't <laughs> see this at the moment, you can't see this. You can go. You can go to the Judge John Hodgman page at MaximumFun.org or Instagram at Judge John Hodgman. This is David as a young man with a lot more hair <laughs> showing a cartoon that he made of a, of a, of a sort of, a, a, it's almost Roy Lichtensteinian cart, cartoony style square jawed man driving his date, staring directly into the camera saying it's going to be one of those nights and it's signed in musical notation D-pop. This is an incredible document of a time. And what, who is your inspiration for this art? You know what? I haven't looked at this picture in a very long time, and then I dug it out trying to find the earliest example I could, and I was looking at it and thinking, what the hell was it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. What is it the, is. Would you be would willing you, to stipulate that the picture is slightly unsettling? <laughs> that's what makes it good. Yeah. <laughs> the illustration is unsettling, and then the photograph of you holding it yeah, both is unsettling. Are. It has a Cindy Sherman quality to it. That is, I'll, the, I'll take that. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, 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 there's yes. something, well, no, the, you, the, the, the thing question, is you didn't take that photo. Someone else took it. Yeah. That's someone else's work of art, David. <laughs> the question of whether you have a shadow surrounding your mouth or a Sebastian Gorka-style Van Dyke on your face <laughs> we all is make, also deeply upsetting. We all make mistakes when we're young. <laughs> yeah. Which is what we're going to determine today. Next piece of evidence you wanted to show? Now, this is the actual incorporation of my incorporated company, which, as you can see, is called D-Pop Productions Incorporated. Yes, and, and I can tell that it yeah. is actual. It is, in, it is bilingual. It is from Canada. It is, it is real. But why do I care about this? Why? But my point is he can keep the account, but he should change the name so, um, because I do post my professional work on YouTube, and I am posting currently some of my professional work on YouTube on this channel because it's the only one I have now. And it's the only one that I have that's got the name Depop, which is the name that uh, is hard to get. And okay. I would like to keep that. Okay. Jorel, what are you posting on this channel now as a 19-year-old adult? Nothing. But I am using... I rest my But case. it's not the YouTube that's important to me. It's the fact that it's tied to this Google account, which I use every single day all the time and has all my files. Yeah, no, I understand. And you cannot change that name. Are you, as this background research suggests, a musician and rapper? Yes. Are you posting videos of yourself rapping on this YouTube account? No, I created a separate YouTube account, which is very easy to do, very simple and requires no effort at all. I created a different YouTube account. 
uh, using my uh, artist email and my artist name. In Jorel, what's your art, artist name? Well, the account is called Shonen Rap Music. It is uh, very nerdy, and I make raps. Are you prepared to rap at this time? I can, I can try. Okay. Can you, please, can you please drop the beat, Jeff? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh. Keep it judicial, not official, it's RP. Look at me, I'm representing the Starfleet. I go beyond the darkness like Simon Pegg. I write without frost because that's today. I went on JJ Ho, I say so like oh, I play Hova, no, my say overs. Oh, I go back if my overalls are above me. I never wanna say that Dream Gray is amazing. Hey, please, I didn't rhyme that, but I just wanna mention Dark Phoenix because it's so cool and everybody knows it. Well, sorry, not the movie, just in case you were wondering, but I'm here plundering like a pirate. R wonder thing that this is a family podcast so I'm not going to swear or say the F word or S word or SH word or the others that are associated but I'm over here going back and that Deep Pop Incorporated doesn't really matter because you see Deep Pop can be used in many names and there are many accounts using Deep Pop already. The whole account had to use other numbers so is he really the only Deep Pop? No. Everybody can be Deep Pop. I can be Deep Pop and see when I rap to this beat bop everybody knows that I can be Deep Pop and he can be deep poppin'. It's my account, so you should rule in my favor. Oh, he went in, son! Jorah went in! What? I didn't even tell him we were gonna do that! Yeah. I, I thought mean... I was gonna embarrass him in front of his dad and a thousand people! <laughs> Jorah? Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> Jor-El. Look, I don't understand what you're fighting over. <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> it, it, is, it is my inclination as a dad <laughs> that when some dad brings in articles of incorporation, <laughs> to rule against him automatically. <laughs> Just to remind him, your time is over. <laughs> your paperwork isn't gonna protect you from what's coming up behind you. And you just heard it. Jorel just killed it. He did. And I, you know, here's the thing. You, Depop, fine. Legally, it's yours. <laughs> I don't know if you want to use that name or not. You want to I use? I do not. You do not want to use. I just that want name. the account because it has all my yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course, it's your account. <laughs> Eminent domain on the account. Go make your own Depop thing and try to stay relevant. Your baby boys in a <laughs> spaceship to Earth. <laughs> yeah. Superpowers. I find in Jorel's favor. Jorel and David. Thus ended an important evening in Canadian history. It's me, John Hodgman, again, picking up the outro. Our thanks to all the litigants who shared their disputes with us. This episode was recorded by Jeff Bird and produced by Hannah Smith. Jesus Ambrosio is our editor. You can follow us on Twitter. You know this. I'm at Hodgman, H-O-D-G-M-A-N. Jesse's at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N. Hashtag your judge, John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO. And we want to thank Robbie Newell for naming this week's episode. Oh, and we're on Instagram 
at Judge John Hodgman. That's literally at Judge John Hodgman, all one word, all small letters. And I personally am on Instagram at John Hodgman, all small letters, all one word. Make sure to follow us there, here, everywhere for evidence and other fun stuff. We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.